Welcome to Thriller Coin Talk with Carr Gonzalez. Broadcasting from Austin, Texas via Simplecast and supported by listeners like you. Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Thriller Coin Talk. Today is July 24, 2019. I'm your host, Car Gonzalez. Welcome. So Bitcoin's next wave is what we're talking about today. Yeah, it's coming. And I'm not talking about, uh, you know, later this year. No, no, I'm talking about realistically. This next wave is upon us. And there's been so much news this week about institutional investors jumping in, right? We just got a new write-up from BNY Mellon where they said no regulated market infrastructure for cryptocurrencies existed until backed. Yeah, I'm still I'm still on that back train. Nevertheless, a lot of institutional investors think cryptocurrencies have long-term potential. And that is according to a report from Greenwich Associates in September found that 72% of institutional finance executives believe cryptocurrencies will have a place in the industry's future. As of June 24th, the price of Bitcoin, the largest cryptocurrency by market capitalization, has rebounded to just shy of 11K, more than three times above its December lows as volatility has re-entered the market this year. So funds are realizing that if they put at least 1% of their money in crypto over the next 10 years, there's going to be a sizable return. But you don't have to take my word for it. According to BNY Mellon and Lucin Foster, global head of digital partnerships there, he says the market is evolving rapidly across a number of dimensions, including product, technology, and regulatory environment. Some traditional players are taking early steps in the market, but the majority are still cautious until now. And that's backed. This is a big, big deal. And I know the markets don't reflect that, but if you just look at what the underlying technology and what backed is really doing, I think you would have a better sense of what exactly is at play here. Take a listen to Adam White, the COO of BACT, as he talks about what BACT is really trying to do. But I think it's going to come less from consolidation. It's going to come more from institutional capital that's been largely waiting on the sidelines for robust, regulated, trusted, centralized exchanges to come online. And this is exactly the role BACT is hoping to play. BACT itself is not an exchange. BACT is a custodian. So what we allow customers to do is deposit and withdraw crypto to us. We have an internal ledger that then a centralized, regulated exchange can look to for customer balances and facilitate trading. The first exchange we're doing that is with a CFTC federally regulated futures exchange called ICE Futures. But our intention, our plan is to go out there and do that for any number of other centrally, uh, centralized regulated exchanges. And the idea is that will bring that infrastructure, that trust, that accessibility and availability to all the institutional capital that's waiting on the sidelines that's just not willing to trade on the offshore unregulated exchanges, which we saw yesterday, that I actually, and we tend not to use the word exchange because exchange of the capital E is a regulated title. These are cash markets, and they've played an important role in the development of the space, but it's our personal belief that the next wave of, of growth here is going to come from the regulated exchanges that are now uh, starting to enter the space. So we spend a lot of time thinking about payments. Starbucks is, is kind of one of our core partners as we're getting ready to, to work on launching a payments uh, service for them. What we ask ourselves is, how is this product either 10x better or... Uh, enable something that couldn't have been enabled before. So from the consumer side, something that's 10x better is receiving digitally native payments from anyone, anywhere inside the world, with effectively no cost. 
That, that is an incredibly powerful thing for a merchant. From the consumer side, though, I'm not sure if it's 10x better to buy my cup of coffee uh, with Bitcoin than it is with a credit card. It, it's certainly interesting. There are other applications, though, of digital payments like micropayments or real-time streaming payments that you just can't do with kind of centralized or current payment models. So if I want to watch per minute on Netflix rather than doing a subscription per month, theoretically, I could use a token that every 10 seconds just does a metered payment, and whenever I cut that stream off, then I stop paying for it. So we spend a lot of time thinking about what's new, what's novel, what's better. I think we also spend a fair amount of time thinking about tokenization. That one of the big trends to us is not just stable coins, it's not just security tokens, it's at the meta level, which is this idea of, of tokenizing any real or digital asset. And by doing that, creating greater liquidity, greater um, uh, availability, that, that's, I think, a really interesting space as well. And they also said that they're going to be adding Ethereum next. You know, this was said on Thursday in that quiet little room at the New York Stock Exchange, right? So. This is all news, all good news at that. And then you also have, not only are they ramping up with Ethereum, but they are going to be ramping up with other products. And those other products require specialized people to do it. And so right now they're, they're adding an additional 15 different positions. If you go on their LinkedIn, you can see an enormous amount of engineer and uh, developer positions that they are looking for. So we're going to be ramping up here pretty soon, ladies and gentlemen. We're only in July. So I'm, I'm looking to the fourth quarter of seeing something roll out. And one of those positions was an iOS uh, Android developer. So we'll see if that gets launched later this year or if that's something that's going to probably take till early next year. Either way, Bagged is getting everything in place. And you also have TD Ameritrade. We forget about TD Ameritrade, but they were there first. And they've been at this for more than a year at this point. And then what you have going on in the background is somebody like Dan Moorhead. He's the founder of Pantera Capital. And he's been kind of on, on, on the roll here lately talking about how he expects Bitcoin to reach $356,000 within a couple of years. Yeah, he's not shy about it. Take a listen as he talks about this and a whole lot more. Yeah, so the, every year there's been a different uh, credentializing moment. Uh, last year was futures that really helped drive the price. Now I think the big issue, the big uh, news is there's some very important, very institutional grade custodians and um, exchanges coming online. You have uh, the parent company, the New York Stock Exchange, doing BACT. That is very transformative because you're going to have a very well-capitalized uh, company bringing their trading expertise, they own 13 different exchanges around the world, to this uh, business that will allow institutional investors to get more involved. Fidelity announced they're going to do a custody solution. They've been uh, very actively working in the space for four years. Um, that will bring in another kind of constituents. And I think the announcement that Yale's now investing in the cryptocurrency space is, is really important because there's a lot of people that want to have some kind of leadership in the space and want to see the, uh, you know, some of the, the most cutting edge entities do things. And it reminds me of back in 2015, no Wall Street firm had any exposure to cryptocurrency in any way. And then Goldman Sachs invested in chain, or I'm sorry, in circle. Mm -hmm. And that sparked an explosion of every Wall Street firm scrambling to buy something. They, all the big credit card companies bought stakes in blockchain companies, all the banks either bought direct stakes or invested in consortia. 
And I think you're going to see that here where now that you have cutting edge endowments investing that allows the other 2000 endowments to really take a, a strong look at the space. Yeah. So if, even if you get like 1% of that, you're looking at billions, you know, and then Bitcoin goes over, you know, half a trillion dollars. So there's only so many units out there. There's only so many Bitcoins, so many Satoshis. There's not going to be enough for everybody. We know how this ends. <laughs> Right. If you look at, uh, you know, two years ago when you could buy Bitcoin for what? What was it like? Two thousand dollars, a thousand dollars. Now you look at Bitcoin and it's ten thousand uh, dollars just from within two years. If you would have just held that's 10x. Right. Even including that surge up to 20K. Um, what we're seeing here, ladies and gentlemen, is an asset that can stand the test of time. And most individuals out there are not seeing it. They're just not paying attention. And so once these endowments get on board first with BACT and TD Ameritrade and others, then you're going to start seeing regular folks like us who were early get into Bitcoin at that point and be either if that's a vehicle like an ETF or some other type of fund, it's all going to lead to the next Bitcoin wave. Yeah, so I think the, the excessive focus on to the moon and then now everyone's excessively bearish. And if you graph Bitcoin log scale, it's pretty consistent. It's been growing 180% a year, compound annual growth rate for eight years. And I think it'll get right back onto that trend line. And in the end of next year, uh, that would put it at 67,000. I think that's a decent estimate. And I know it sounds crazy now because everyone's so pessimistic and bearish, uh, but... I think it will resume its trend. It's like the gold standard. There's 21 million shares of Bitcoin or, or units of Bitcoin. And so uh, if 10 years ago, there's only a few thousand people using Bitcoin, it had a very low price. And then it was 5 million a few years ago. Now it's 50 million. And in you know, a few years time, it's 500 million using Bitcoin. The price has to go up. And it's essentially uh, supply and demand. Yeah. Ultimately, I think right now we're in a really good spot. We just we just crossed above 10k here um, late into the night. Uh, we were under 10k earlier. Picked up some Bitcoin. You know, not much, right? But just enough to where, if I see it below 10k, of course I'm going to pick some up. It really makes no difference to me whether it's 10k or 9k or 8k at this point. 11k. Um, I'm waiting for that really max gain, and I'm sure a lot of you are too as well. So, I mean, zooming back here on the closer time frame, of course, it looks like like Bitcoin's trending downward. We're going to talk a lot about that here in Coin Talk. And um, I would say when you have these pullbacks, I know they can be worrisome. I know on the surface you can see it go, you know, under 10K and you can look at your block folio and think, oh, no. But if you really step back and kind of zoom out and see where we're headed, you quickly realize that uh, not only are we going to get a bounce higher, but it's going to be an exponential uh, growth here in the short term when thinking about this in the next, you know, 24 to 36 months, I would say. But uh, with that, let's get into coin talk. That's right. My favorite part of the day, your favorite part of the day, too, as well. Let's do it. It is time. Only crypto, coins, trade, predictions ahead. It is what you spend all day wondering.
so it's time for coin talk but before we dive into that just want to thank every one of you for subscribing i really appreciate you you know um not a day goes by where i don't really really deep down and appreciate every single one of you for subscribing i know a lot of you kind of subscribe just because you want to support the show and i really really appreciate that and then there's some of you that came on board that you know, maybe we're a casual listener, but now you're sticking around because you realize, hey, this guy uh, brings value and he's bringing in the news every day and he keeps me ahead of the game. And I just want to say thank you for for doing it. Thank you for, you know, spending your hard earned money that you had to work hard for. And and, and, and if there's ever anything I can do for any one of you, feel free to email me at car at thrillercrypto.com uh, or shoot me a tweet on Twitter and we can follow each other. I think that'd be cool. Or you can always find us on Telegram and uh, use that too as well. But uh, I also want to say that uh, I think for the most part, I think I think everything's going really well this season. <laughs> like I, I know kind of like just managing the shows, uh, I feel like I'm finally on a good schedule here where we can manage both the regular show and this subscription shows. So feeling pretty good about it. I, I'm, I'm very... Uh, pleased with how they've been coming out and and slowly but surely we'll get all the kinks out right now i feel like we're we're slowly kind of really focusing in on what's key in the space and uh, what everybody needs to know yeah because honestly like i I look at i look at me now covering these shows and, and doing these shows and having to search for all this information and i realized like doing the shows last year when I was just creating them, um, it required a lot less work. <laughs> so so I, I know I'm learning more than I had to know before starting the show. So I really appreciate every single one of you for allowing me the chance to do this. It's, it's been a dream, honestly. Okay, with that, we got to roll our disclaimer because you never know, man. Like you got, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Munchkin going, going all crazy today about Bitcoin. I'm like, dude, just buy Bitcoin, man. So roll the disclaimer. Remember, Thriller Podcast does not give financial advice. He cannot tell the future, even if he thinks he can. He is just some dude, trying to save the world one Satoshi at a time. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Coin Talk, my favorite part of the day! That's right. It's a uh, 277 billion dollars for the coin market cap. We got Bitcoin dominance at 64%, and right now, Bitcoin is priced at 10,082 dollars, up five percent on the day. Yeah, it was a crazy day in Bitcoin land. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. So we had uh, Steve Munchkin, I believe his name is, and uh, he was uh, talking about Bitcoin and, of course, bad-mouthing again. This is the same Treasury Secretary, Deputy Commissioner. Um, <laughs> just kidding. No, he's a Treasury Secretary. And he was talking about how strong the dollar is and everything like that. But when they asked him about Bitcoin again, he just couldn't help himself. He just he had to talk about how it's uh, not important and it's never going to be important. And uh, whenever I hear stuff like this, it just makes me really, really, really bullish. It really does. Because I know for a fact that <laughs> that BACT is launching behind the scenes, right? We know for a fact TD Ameritrade is launching. Uh, we know for a fact an ETF is going to get passed here in the next year or so. Um, so to hear him, who's well-informed, probably more informed than us, to say that Bitcoin has no future, 
and he will not be discussing it. It's just, uh, I don't know, man. It's just liar, liar, pants on fire. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Take a listen. You think we'll be talking about Bitcoin in 10 years from now? Uh, I, I won't be talking about Bitcoin in 10 years, I can <laughs> assure you that. But you might be in at least six years uh, as Treasury Secretary, as you just Exactly. Said. I, I would bet even in five or six years I'm no longer talking about Bitcoin as Treasury Secretary. I'll have other priorities. You'll be loaded up on Bitcoin and a, and a gazillionaire. I can assure you I will, I, I will personally not be loaded up on Bitcoin. <laughs> okay. Never say never. Yeah, so when I hear, when I hear something like that, it... It reminds me of people in early 2017 where I worked at and, you know, they were telling me like, oh, you know, you're into Bitcoin. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm into Bitcoin. Oh, you're into other cryptocurrencies. What other cryptocurrencies are you into? And I would name a lot of them and they would be like, they would look at me like I was strange. And so they thought I was just off the rails. They, they, they don't really understand this technology, much less the value of it. So later in the year when... <laughs> When, when Bitcoin was, you know, making these big strides up, you had these same people who would come up to me and be like, what do you know about XRP? <laughs> like they, they, they were already done talking about Bitcoin because they already had sword. They wanted to know about XRP. They wanted to know about Litecoin. They wanted to know about these other, you know, cryptocurrencies, digital assets, digital tokens, whatever you want to call XRP these days. <laughs> Trying to keep it all you know, PC. But uh, what I'm saying is he sounds exactly like those people did uh, in, in the in the early in the early in the early wave. Right. In that early 2017 wave before it happened. And so it's no surprise again. Um, you know, when Bitcoin gets above 100K, I think that's when people are really going to feel like, oh, wow, I should have at least put $100 into this or $1,000 into this. You know, I would have had X amount or whatever. So I think that's when you're going to start seeing more people pay attention is once it gets that high uh, of a price. But right now it's at $10,000. It's still a good buy if we're getting to 100K, right? I mean, we have Dan Moorhead of uh, Pantera Capital saying that it's going to get to 363000 which is just crazy, right? And then you have uh, John McAfee saying it was going to get to a million dollars, which is even insane. But one thing we all know for sure is just supply and demand, like you said, and Eventually, they're, they're going to run out, and the halving's taking place here next year, so time to load up. Okay, we got Ethereum at $221, up 8% on the day, and and I've been saying this for a while, like, you're going to have Ethereum ETF go through right after a Bitcoin ETF, maybe not in the same year, but within, you know, 6 to 12, 18 months, right? And, and so what we're seeing here is this taking place. I think most people are starting to recognize that. ETH uh, 2.0 that's going to get released here January 3rd is a real thing. And Vitalik has created, well, I wouldn't say just him, but Vitalik and team has created a way to incentivize people to stake their Ethereum. And if you go back and listen to our recent episode that we did on the Ethereum uh, 2.0 uh, episode, uh, you, you'll, you'll quickly realize it was about phase, phase zero, but you'll quickly realize that he's not only incentivized people to stake their Ethereum, but he's also kind of made it kind of gamified it in a way to where he's creating these multiple avenues for Ethereum to be hodled, to, to be staked. Because one of the one of the things that we know for a fact is that Bitcoin is a store of value, right? I think in the early days, people try to, uh, you know, shoehorn Bitcoin as this, um, as a uh, as a currency and that people are going to transact with it and all this kind of stuff. And it was just a little too slower to do that. And maybe, maybe so, maybe not. Uh, it never bothered me, but some people did. 
either way, you had you had people that held a lot of Bitcoin say, yeah, it's going to be this currency and you're going to be able to use it and you pay for things, stuff like that. But as as time has gone on, people realize like that's just not happening fast enough. Right. Uh, they didn't want to, you know, do SegWit and then they finally did. And then there's a whole fork and whole mess. Right. So I think I think there's kind of been this shift and change that people have decided and, and understand now that Bitcoin is a store of value first and a currency second. And, and that's kind of what we've been hit over the head with, you know, in this industry over and over and over these past two and a half years about Bitcoin being a store of value. And so 2017 happened and that just kind of cemented that. And so what we're trying to do now is Ethereum becoming a store of value, but we know Ethereum is not quite the same as Bitcoin. It's very complete. It's a completely different project, completely different rules. Uh, even the history is completely different. Uh, Ethereum is not as decentralized as Bitcoin. It's it's very decentralized, very much more decentralized than Ripple or XRP. But you know what I mean? It, it's There's layers to this decentralization. And I know there's people out there like Jimmy Song who say, no, you're either permissionless or permissioned. And I get it. But in the real world, there's layers to decentralization. And so what you're seeing here is Ethereum you know, trying to become a store of value. And ETH 2.0 is trying to create just that. That's what they're trying to do. And we'll cover more Ethereum as time goes on later this year. We still have enough time. But October, I think it's October 17th or it's it's day in October where once they start, you know, having those contracts to start staking your Ethereum, you're going to start seeing the price rise uh, of Ethereum. And I, I still am bullish on $500 Ethereum. Here in the short term, here in the next six months, I still think that's a possibility. I still think that's going to happen. So I've been loading up on Ethereum as well. I'm loading mainly these days. I'm really just loading up on Bitcoin and Ethereum. I think my altcoins, I'm, I'm good. I am good for now. I think earlier this year, I was playing a lot, a lot with Cosmos and Grin and, and have a nice little stack for them. But for the most part, I'm kind of I'm good on my alts for now. You look at something like EOS, it's up 11% today at $4.53. And this is another, you know, contender to Ethereum or another blockchain. And what we're seeing here, ladies and gentlemen, is most of these will fight amongst each other. But I think that fighting for for blockchain dominance in, in the space is going to take, you know, five to 10 years for that to kind of play out. I, I don't think you're going to see Ethereum and in EOS, you know, battling back and forth. It's really going to come down to two things. And, and, and some people will disagree. But in reality, I, I think I've been in this space long enough to understand what those two things are. First thing is developers. If you can get developers for your project, creating for your project and, and not just creating, not just like Tron, where they just create gambling websites and stuff that nobody uses <laughs> or e even cares about, but actually creating really cool dApps, right? Really cool stuff. If you can create that on your platform, then you're going to have the second thing that's required is, is people, is eyeballs, is fingers using your stuff. And so Ethereum has that in spades right now. They have the developers. They have the eyeballs. They have the fingers on their dApps playing with this stuff. Like this is a real thing. This is happening. They just released uh, MetaMask here recently. And that thing is slick. That thing is so slick. They've been there's there's a lot of kind of giveaways happening right now on Twitter where if you type in MetaMask, you'll see a lot of people giving out tokens and die and other stuff like that. And it's pretty cool. Like you're playing with this app. People are giving out free tokens and it's really, really neat. And it's it's a it's a cool little 
peek into what Ethereum can become in the future. It's very early days. I would say it's very, very early days, but what you can do with it now is, is a wallet. You know, it's 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 a great wallet at that. It has a, a Web3 browser built in and it's 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 very early days, but it's really cool being there first and seeing what it turns into over time. It's going to be one of those things when I look back 10 years from now and I say, oh, I remember when MetaMask just came to, you know, iOS and, and that was just a big thing and everybody was talking about it. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, we're still in early days, but what's happening is you're going to have these blockchains compete, but they're not going to compete, you know, in the short term. They're going to be competing long term. And the two key factors are going to be developers and they're going to be users. If EOS gets both of those, they have enough capital to do it. They have enough treasury chest to do it. If they can get that possibility, then of course they're going to succeed, right? Even if they get, you know, 2% or 10% of the market share. So one of the main reasons why Linux is still around, why people still use Mac OS and BSD and, and all these other sorts of OSs. So that's what I'm trying to say is trying to compete here in the short term makes really no difference. It's sticking around for the long term. It's understanding that there's these cycles and then there's adoption. And that's just going to take some time. We got Litecoin at $93 at uh, up 5% today. We got Bitcoin Cash at $306 up 6%. We got Binance Coin at $29 up 2%. We got uh, Tether <laughs> still around. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Tether has $4 billion in, in circulating supply. I'm just going to say this, and, and I've been saying it for the longest time, and I'll stop saying it at some point, but... You know, when this tether thing implodes, and let's hope it never does, but if it does, we're going to see the price of Bitcoin plummet severely. So um, I don't think it's going to get really bad. I don't think we're going to get below 2K or 3K or anything like that, but uh, you are going to see you're going to see some fireworks there. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen in our lifetime. <laughs> let's hope tether just slowly, you know, starts reducing the amount of circulating supply out there. We got uh, Bitcoin SV at 106, 167 dollars uh up 3%. We got Stellar at 8 cents. Uh Tron still at 10 2 cents. Hasn't really made a move. Yeah, we covered that whole Justin Sun thing yesterday. That was that was a mess. We have Cardano at 5 cents up 8%. Monero at $82 up 2%. You're seeing a lot of Bitcoin maximalists out there talking about Monero, uh talking about how it's going to be the next big store value. Um we'll see. We'll see. It has enough circulating supply to do that. Uh, it's at $82 at the peak. It was at $300, I think, $367, something like that. So we'll see what it exactly turns into again. But, you know, from a betting man, I would say here in the next big, big run, it's very, it's very easy to see Monero, you know, closer to the 1000 range, uh, most definitely. Um, we got uh, Chainlink at $2.47 down, or I'm sorry, up 5%. This is the same cryptocurrency that was at $4.00 crashed down to two dollars people are wondering well, what happened well this is this is one of the things about you know having a project as popular as Chainlink and having these funds centralized a, a, a vast majority of those of, of those tokens had to be spent at four dollars at its peak in order to uh, fulfill its development of the project and I think uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of people in the space that don't realize when they invest in and projects like that, like like Cosmos or like Chainlink or like Tezos, like you're gonna see that value of that cryptocurrency go down before you're gonna see it go up considerably. I mean, don't get me wrong, we were able to call Cosmos just because we saw we saw the adoption coming that way, right? But um, for the vast majority of people investing in these uh, crypto, and I wouldn't even call them cryptocurrency, I would call them just tokens. Um, 
you're going to see that value go down before you'll see it go up. Do I think Chainlink has a, a good future? Absolutely. Do I think it'll go up over $2 in time? Absolutely. But would I try to sell every chance I see it go up? Yes. <laughs> or at least move over to like a die or, or some type of stable coin. Because what happens here, and this always happens, is it gets up really high, gets a $5, $6, you see a lot of tokens get sold because the vast majority of those tokens are being held either by the developers or by the project or by people in the know. So that's what happens. Uh, it's kind of sad, but it is what it is. And that's why you see a lot of uh, people very bullish on real cryptocurrencies like Monero, like Bitcoin, you know, where we know that the the amount of circulating supply is kind of spread all over the place. It's not just in one central area. You know, it's one of the main reasons people, you know, will get upset about Ethereum or Litecoin is because they believe, you know, those were either pre-mined or prove prove that they were pre-mined before when it happens. One of the main reasons people get upset about Zcash because they know that was pre-mined before. Same thing with Decred, same thing with other cryptocurrencies out there. So it happens. It is what it is. But that's why we have Bitcoin. And that's why I always will push Bitcoin to the max. Um, I think for the most part, everything is looking pretty good. Um, yeah, it almost people almost looks like it's going to be alt season here pretty soon. But uh, to be honest with you, like I like to buy alts when it's really, really low. So like right now I see zero X 23 cents. That's a long game kind of token right there. Right. Um, that's one that I would be purchasing right now. Um, looking here at, towards the bottom, towards like something like Augur where it's $12. That's another one that I would be purchasing right now just because it's so low in price. Um, I'm so bullish on Cycoin. I mean, I mean, I really think that's going to be an outstanding project here in the next five to 10 years. Um, just the amount of just brains behind the project and Dave Vorick and other, and other people, um, and I think I think that's it. I don't see anything else. Golem still holding some Golem. But see, that's another project where, you know, you'll have some GNT. A lot of these tokens are held by the project or by people close to the project. And, you know, it goes up to 25 cents or a dollar and then it gets dumped down. And yeah, th this is this is the way crypto rolls. <laughs> unfortunately, this is the secret that no one will tell you about it. And um, that's why I always try to catch things going up. Like that's one that's one thing I always will do. I will always tell you about cryptocurrencies that are on their way up. That's why I was just telling you right now about zero uh, X. It's at 23 cents. I think it can get to 25 or 26 cents easily. Right. If this if this continues, this 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 little rise in altcoins continues. Um, same thing with Augur. Uh, I think that's another one that could go up to thirteen dollars, thirteen twenty five, fourteen dollars here in the short term. Right. And so that's what I'm trying to say. Like these I'm always looking for alts that are on the rise up. Uh, another thing I like to do is just hodl like my cosmos has been going up and down, up and down. I'm just hodling it because I think that's going to be a project that's going to be important here in the future. And I think the price is going to be worth it. Same thing with Tezos is another one. Just hodling it. I'm not worried about it, whether the price goes up or down. It's just projects that I think uh, have potential to actually do something in the future. Same thing with EOS. I hold very little EOS, but I hold some, you know, just because I think it's going to go, it's going to do something here in the future. It's a good, it's a good, I think a good investment for a blockchain. Um, do I agree with everything that it has? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm more bullish on Ethereum, but I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, get my biases caught up with my 
crypto investments, as they would say. Same thing with Cardano, right? Um, I, I, that that's one of those where I'm just really just betting on Charles executing. Like, I, I think I think buying NFI sense is like a good long term hold, right? Price. Uh, do I think it's going to go up and down, up and down? Of course it is. Do I think it has a lot of circuits to apply? Of course it is. Do I think they're even close to finishing out what they said they're going to finish out? Not even close. But do I think that over time they could they could do it? I think so. I, I've talked to Charles a couple of times. I think he's passionate about what he does, and I think he can execute. A lot of other people don't see that, you know, which is why they don't hold Cardano or invest in it. But me, call me crazy, but, you know, I'm willing to, you know, you know, Put some money where my mouth is and see what happens. Uh, yeah, ones like that. So, oh my, Sco is another one. Like I could never find. It's up twelve percent today. It's a dollar seventy one. That's another one where I'm just like, man, I want to get me. Every time I see it, I'm just like, want to get me some more. But at the same time, I'm like, Ugh. just never pick a good time <laughs> with oh my, Sco for whatever reason. Okay, I think that's all I got. I think that's all I got for Coin Talk. With that, let's get on to the end of the show.
Thank you so much for listening to another Thriller Coin Talk. I really appreciate you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun putting this one together. I mean, a lot of people in this space don't see this next wave coming, but if there's going to be one thing I do for y'all is make sure that you're well-informed before everybody else. And I'll do my best to do that day in, week in, week out, day out, whatever it takes. So, as I always say, buy Bitcoin. Save the entire world. This is the end of the show. You have been listening to Thriller Podcast with R. Gonzalez. Remember, Thriller Podcast is not financial advice. Everything Carr said likely won't come true. It is up to you. Now go, do your own research. Listen to other dudes that start their name with crypto and not Carr. And remember, buy Bitcoin and save the world. One Satoshi at a time.